when I can shoot my content with natural light coming in from the window on my face, I always do. It looks more natural. It looks less staged. It looks less like a huge production. Welcome to The Digital Dreamer, where we believe it's possible to escape the suffocating nine to five, achieve financial independence, have the freedom to do the things you love, and contribute to the greater good, all by being smart about digital marketing. Hi everyone, it's Abby. And I'm Kim. Welcome to episode 12 of the Digital Dreamer podcast. This episode, we are talking about content creation on a budget. I have been making content for well over 10 years now. And especially when I was young, I had to get kind of creative with how I was making my content just because obviously my parents weren't going to just buy me anything I wanted to make my child YouTube dreams come true. So (laughs) sometimes you have to, I mean, they, they were very helpful and supportive, but you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna buy their child a movie quality camera, you know, like, so you did have all kinds of cool things, but yeah, we did not go over the top with all the equipment and all the things you could have had as you were exploring that interest. And especially because when you're a kid, sometimes you go through different phases where you're really interested in things for a hot sec, but I was really interested in this for a long time. So I did find ways to be creative with content creation on on a budget. So I thought that this would be a good topic for us to cover. And I I always like to remind people too, when they look at you and think, oh, well, she's not very old. What people don't realize is that this is something that you have been into. I always like to say that you were born with a camera in your hand. I mean, you had a camera in your hand when you were five years old, and it didn't take too long from there until you were taking whatever low-budget, low-entry-level video cameras we had available so that you could do stuff. So you really have been doing content creation most of your life, which is kind of cool. I always remember that picture from one of my, I think one of my uncle's weddings where I'm like max five years old, right? Mm-hmm. You'd say like five or six, five years old. And of course, they have a wedding photographer, but I'm over here with my little point-and-shoot camera taking photos of everything at this wedding. And we have a picture of me like squinting my little eye into the camera peephole and and taking pictures of of my cousin flexing his muscles and stuff. I know. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. We're going to need to dig that up and put it in a blog post or something. But yeah, I've been creating content for a long time. I feel like the best way sometimes to learn something is when you just have a genuine kid-like interest in it. Mm -hmm. Like for me, when I was younger, I was never thinking about content creation as a job, but I was doing stuff that people do for their actual job as a (laughs) 12-year-old. For sure you were. But I was just like, this is fun. I like doing this. I'm going to spend my whole weekend making a movie with my friends, editing it, and then uploading it to YouTube and making sure it's keyword optimized. Yes, that actually happened too. (laughs) We have some great videos of you guys. It was always movie making weekend at our house. I was going to say though too, that I think that you've had to be really creative as somebody that has moved around a lot. When you moved to New York, until you could start buying new things in New York, you had to be creative because you didn't have all your equipment. You didn't pack it all up and take every single thing with you. Yeah. And also when I was in college, just being in a, especially freshman year, being in a small dorm room, it's my dorm room was really small, guys. I could not have a ring light. I just feel like I had to adapt in so many ways. So I'm excited about this episode for all those reasons. But before we get to that, let's tell everybody what you've been up to. What did you do last weekend? So it was Labor Day and I had some friends over for a small little Labor Day gathering. As usual, I went very overboard, made lots of food. One of my friends is a bartender and so she made us all custom cocktails, just like something that she crafted in her brain and they were so delicious. And we played... if. Any of you have ever played Jackbox games? They're so fun. That's one thing we love to do. And we played them for like several hours. It got really late. And at some point we were like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Because we were just like so into the games. And then tonight I'm going to 54 Below here 
in New York City to see 54 Below sings Glee. I know someone in it. He makes these Sue Sylvester TikToks where he dresses up as Sue Sylvester and like makes TikToks as her reacting to current events, like how he thinks Sue would react to them. (laughs) And they asked him to be in the show. So he's going to be in it tonight. So I bought a ticket to go. That'll be so much fun. It's always fun when you can see people that you know in a performance too. I was thinking though, but the last time I was at 54 Below with you, we got to see Newsies and that was such an experience too. Oh my gosh, I know. And then in true Abby and Kim fashion, after the show was over, we knew they had a show afterward. And so we literally asked them if they had tickets because we wanted to watch it again. They um, only had one left, and so, you know, there were two of us, so we didn't go. We're kind of um, crazy newsy stands, so. Yeah, and then remember we sat there for an hour waiting to see if that ticket would, a second ticket would free up. Yeah, they were like, you can wait in the standby line. Looking back, I'm like, why did we think that was a good idea? But we we just wanted to see our, our boys again. I love them. Newsies, if you're listening, we love you. I'm sure they're all listening. You never know. You never know who's listening. That's true. You never know. Which is one of the reasons I love podcasting. It is a huge potential for opportunity. So tell us about what you've been doing. You've been having some outdoor adventures. Yeah. So I think I mentioned on our last episode that I went sunset paddleboarding. And so then now after I posted my pictures, all my friends are like, I want to go. That looks so awesome. So I went sunrise paddleboarding the other day. I got out there super early. Had my I have inflatable boards, so I had to spend time to inflate them. And then I got out there and I watched the sunrise, and it was so awesome because it was a beautiful morning and we had a nice pink sunrise. And so I did that. And then tonight I'm taking a friend who also wanted to go, and so we're doing another sunset paddleboard. And then we're waiting for the sun to actually go the whole way down so I can get some really good pictures this time. And then we are going to one of the local breweries on our way home. And so that sounds very fun. I am interested, though, about this brewery thing because I've never known you to be a beer girl. Well, I'm not, but I figure there has to be something else there that I can drink. They, they might have right. like a like a hard cider or something, right? Like Yeah, a- they could. They could. But I just thought it, it's more the adventure of it. It's a restaurant, so I can just always get something that I can eat from the restaurant. It doesn't really have to. It's not about the alcohol. It's about the adventure. And probably the French fries, if they have French fries. Oh, it's I probably do. about that, too. I do love some fries. Yeah. Some loaded fries. I if they're Okay, if they have truffle, if anywhere has truffle fries or like loaded French fries, that is one thing. And my dad would tell you this. Every time I see something like that on the menu and we're all together, I'm like, we have to get this. And he's like, I could have guessed that because I'm like, we simply must be getting these loaded tater tots. Like we have to. Yes, it is a little predictable, I will say. Yes, it is. And then the other thing I did was I mentioned last episode also that after we took Katie, your little sister, to college, I realized in the first week that I was just wasting too much time. And it was just a lot of, I would eat my dinner and kind of scroll on TikTok and just do stuff that had no point. And so I decided to make a point of using my time better. And so over the last two weeks, I've been doing these paddleboard trips. And then I also decided that I would look for a new cycling club so that I have some people to cycle with at least one more night a week, in addition to my regular girls that I go out with. And so last night, I went to my first cycle club meetup. And rode with some people that I've never ridden with before. And I was super scared showing up because I just feel like cycling people are a little bit intimidating. But what I've realized recently is it's not the cycling people that are intimidating. It's the triathlon people that are intimidating. And so regular cyclists are just super kind and welcoming. And so I went on this 17-mile ride with a bunch of people I didn't know last night. And they were awesome. and. I will definitely be going back again. I just remember last night after you got home from your cycling thing, getting a text from me that said, I didn't die, exclamation point. And I was like, that's awesome. Did not know that was a possibility. So I'm glad you did not die. Well, I sent your dad a text and I said, hey, I'm going to go to this cycle thing. And I, I have been kind of hesitant to ride on open roads. I like riding in more protective streets. I knew this was going to be 
a ride that had a little bit more traffic than I was used to. And so I just sent him a message and I said, hey, since you're in my emergency contact, if something happens to me, they'll call you. So if you get a phone call from a random number, make sure to answer your phone. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, because I mean, people, are, people it, are crazy when you're riding on the street. There are drivers who like hate that, even though you're like legally supposed to ride in the street, right? Not on the sidewalk. Right. So yeah. like, and it's, it just annoys me the fact that some drivers are so rude to cyclists when you're not, you're supposed to be riding in the street. Yeah. And there actually was a hit and run cycling accident up in Lee Summit, Missouri, which is really close to here. A couple of weeks ago, a teacher and father of 10 was hit while riding his bike and the person disappeared. And I'm not sure if they found him or not. Anyway, he died. Oh my gosh. And so just, yeah, the road rage makes me really, really nervous. But I also feel more safe riding with a big group. And the guy that was the leader the of the guy that was the leader of our bike gang. Yeah, the leader of the bike gang. That makes me sound really tough. He was super good at staying with the slower riders and he would ride at the very back. So every time that we would have to turn on a major street and everybody would have to go from the right into the left hand turn lane, he would be the one that would kind of check out traffic and okay, we have enough room. Everybody go. And so yeah. it was just really good. It just felt really safe because you knew that there were a lot of people that were all paying attention to what the road conditions were. Yeah, anyway, that's it's probably way more than everybody wants to know <laughs> about cycling, but it was fun. All right. Should we get into our main topic? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, everyone. So content creation on a budget. I want to say the most important thing is to know that you don't have to have fancy equipment to start out. And so if the thing that is stopping you from creating content and you really want to is because you don't have a camera, you don't have a lighting kit, whatever, you don't need that to start out. Everyone these days has a smartphone. I mean, not everyone, but most, I don't know anyone personally who doesn't have a smartphone. Your camera on your smartphone is great. Your camera on your smartphone is actually probably better than some crappy cameras. So if you have a smartphone, you have everything you need to start taking video content or photo content. And I just want to add to that thought too, that I know that people use equipment as an excuse for not getting started in podcasting. Maybe they have a really great idea and they Google, how do you start a podcast? And it can be overwhelming because people make it look like you have to have all this fancy equipment. I just bought these really cute little microphones. It's a USB transmitter that you plug into the USB port on the bottom of your iPhone. And then it has two microphones that will go with it. I think I paid $29 for the whole thing. And that was just because I thought when I come to visit you next week, that it might be fun for us to do some video or podcasting while we're out and about. And I wanted to bump up that audio quality a little bit. But your phone has everything you need to do that. Also, you don't need the fancy equipment. And I edit podcasts all the time for clients who just sit there and speak into the voice recorder on their phone. Yes. And it works. I know someone who on their iPhone records their entire podcast in voice memos before they put it into post. It sounds good. Like it doesn't sound bad. You wouldn't know. You would not know. I mean, you have to make sure it's not super far away from your face and muffled. But if you're doing it right on your voice memos, it'll sound great. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's another example of something that doesn't have to be high tech. You can do it the simple route and it works. Also, your something that, I just, that just occurred to me, the headphones that come with your iPhone, it has a little microphone on it. So you can record on your voice memos and be holding that little microphone on your headphones up to your mouth. So it's even closer. Right. And you see people do that on TikTok all the time when they want their better audio quality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever looked at those and wondered why they're doing that, but that's why, because they're trying to speak directly into that microphone. Yeah. I do that even when I'm on FaceTime with someone and I'm out and about and I don't want them to be hearing all the sounds of the city instead of my voice. And it picks up your voice really well. Another thing I want to say is I feel like a lot of people are like, well, 
I'm all by myself and I can't record videos because I have no one to record them for me. Listen, when I was first starting out, I also had no one to record my videos for me. My mom will tell you, most of my videos come from me being locked in my bedroom. And it sounds and, like I locked you in your room like no. Rapunzel. I no, no, no. In the I locked my I locked myself in my bedroom because I'm introverted. Um, <laughs> so no, so a lot of my videos would come from me just being in my bedroom and either having at some point when I had a camera, like having my camera up on my tripod or just having if I didn't have a tripod doing something like stacking a bunch of books up to get them high enough or one that I always think is funny and there's like something I'm talking about it in one of my old YouTube videos where I was in the kitchen and I was stacking Tupperware boxes up to use as as a tripod. So it was something like my mom and I, it's a vlog. So my mom and I were talking and we were talking about making dinner and she was like, so if you want the salad, I'm going to need your Tupperware tripod because that's, <laughs> that's where my salad is. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I'm saying there are so many makeshift ways that you can make a tripod or something like that. So I would actually say that a tripod is probably one of the last things you need, unless you're planning on having it, you know, going out and about in the in the city or whatever with it, because you're not going to find random books on the street, right? So, I mean, maybe, but... Well, and then the other thing is, even if you are out and about, if you're someplace where you feel like you can set your phone down and walk away... Remember, you also have the timer on your phone. So you can prop it up somewhere in a tree, on a bench, whatever is a safe place where you don't think somebody's going to steal your phone and use the timer and walk away. And then you don't look like you're doing a selfie. Man, kids these days, they don't know how lucky they have it. Back in my day, we didn't have iPhones with self-timer. I didn't even have an iPhone for a long time. No, and you started off even texting with the kind where press three slides up the letter T. I know. I I had a um like a little purple slidey phone when I first got my phone. I love that little thing though. But even that thing was one where you have to like buy a ninety nine cent ringtone, or you have to like your picture that you have is gonna be the fuzziest thing you've ever seen. So kids these days, you literally have a content creation kit in your back pocket. And related to that, that goes with lighting kits too. You do not necessarily need to start out with all the fancy lights. Sunlight is free. So stand in front of a window, get outside, do what you can in front of natural light because that is the best lighting anyway. And that's something that you've done forever. Even when you come home and you take headshots for people, oh, I right in our doorway. I always prefer natural light. When I can shoot my content with natural light coming in from the window on my face, I always do because it looks less, it looks more natural. It looks less staged. It looks less like a huge production. It just feels more natural. And the same with pictures. It always just feels more natural. You can tell when someone's using a lighting kit. Not that lighting kits are bad. They're so good, but I always prefer natural light. And also, if you live somewhere like me right now, I have an apartment that does not have great natural light, and it makes me very sad. (laughs) I do have a ring light, though, and a lighting kit, which helps. I have both of those. But if you're someone like me and you're like, I can't get a lighting kit, I can't get like a big ring light, I also have bad lighting in my apartment. Amazon, I mean, I don't know who actually makes them, but you can get them on Amazon. They have like these little ring lights that you can just clip onto the top of your cell phone. So mm-hmm. it's just it just clips onto the top of your phone. So if you're recording on your phone, you just clip it on and then it's right there. That's pretty cool. That's a great idea because it wouldn't cost a lot. Another thing that I feel like people stress out about a lot when it comes to creating content, especially if they're on a budget, is feeling like there's so much to do and not enough time to do it and that you need a team. You're like, I can't get started because I would need a team. And sometimes that's true. And maybe for this your scope of things, that could be true. But I always think start with one or two platforms that you can consistently post on. You don't have to be everywhere all at once because the people who are everywhere all at once definitely have teams. And so if you're not in a place yet where you can have a team, pick one or two platforms to show up on consistently and show up on doing good content consistently. That will do better for you than posting bad content on a bunch of different platforms. Being on even just one 
and consistently posting really good stuff, that's better than nothing. For sure. Because anybody who's tried to make content knows that content creation is time consuming. And so if you see somebody who is everywhere, they have a good system for one, so that they are really organized. And we talked in the last episode about batching. They have a good system, but also they probably have a team. They have a support staff. They have a virtual assistant. They have a part-time person that's doing something because it is not possible to spend all your time and be everywhere and do it all by yourself. One thing I was just thinking about that I wish that I would have had or known about when I was younger making content is paper backdrop rolls. I use these all the time now, mainly for photography, but I just feel like if I would have known that these existed when I was younger, we would have done so much with that. So explain what a paper backdrop roll is for people who can't visualize this. So you can choose them in different sizes. So however long you need it to be. By long, I mean the roll itself. So if you put it If you put it on top of a stand, like a photo backdrop stand, like you would get for a party. When I say how long it is, I mean, think about how many people could stand and still be in the back. Side by side. Yeah. Yeah. So they come in different prices depending on how long you want it to be. But they come in so many colors and it's just a roll. Basically think of like a wrapping paper roll, except it's nicer paper. So if you were going to put a wrapping paper roll on a backdrop, stand and you roll it down long enough so you can stand on it. You tape the edge of it to the floor so it doesn't roll back up. That's what I mean. It's just a good way to have a solid backdrop that's not something bulky like a canvas or like um, a wooden rolling background or something. Well, you can buy all of those patterned backdrops online, but I feel like those are really easy to go, oh yeah, that's a backdrop. And so these, I mean, obviously it's a backdrop, but it's a solid color behind you. As far as you know, it's a wall. Yes. So I like these because I live, as we know, in a small New York City apartment. I have probably 12 of these backdrop rolls in my closet. So they are very easy to store. They are... They don't take up a ton of space. I've thought it before. I'm like, even if I needed more room in my closet, they would all fit under my bed. Mm. You know, I've thought about that before. I'm like, where would I put them if I needed more room in my closet? So they're very easy to store. They don't take up a lot of space and they last forever. I've to the, I use them all the time for photography and I've never yet had to buy another one of the same color because I ran out of paper because unless it gets super wrinkly, you don't have to cut that piece off. Now, another thing that just came to mind that you also have done, let's say that you are traveling and you don't have a backdrop or you aren't able to transport a backdrop. I know that you have encountered people, or maybe you've done this yourself too, where you carry colored poster board and yeah. use that as the backdrop. Let's say you're traveling to do somebody's headshot. You could use colored poster board and put that up. Yeah. So especially with photography, that's a great hack for travel photography is the poster boards, taping them to the wall. And then if you need bigger space, you just have multiple of the same color. You use clear tape to tape it together. And then in post, you just edit out any tape marks. So you can't tell that they were ever there. Do you post inconsistently, share content on a whim, or make it up as you go along? Or maybe you're posting based on trends or doing what everyone else is doing. If you're doing any of these things, your business is suffering as a result. Your business needs a consistent message and a consistent presence, not one based on things that pop into your head first thing in the morning. What if one simple change in your business, unlocked engagement, trust, revenue, and the ability to live life on your terms? Ready for the secret? Savvy marketers plan their content. They don't leave things to chance. They don't chase shiny objects. And they aren't jumping from trend to trend, hoping to go viral. We can help you with this in our new course, Build Your Content Plan in a Weekend. Head over to our website, irisdigitalmediagroup.com slash content plan. 
And then another option really is if you're really just not even wanting to bother with that stuff, you could always just take the pictures wherever and maybe the background is part of the picture and what you want for whatever you're promoting. But let's say it's just the person you want. You can always use Canva to cut out the background image. Yes, I love that Canva hack. Yeah, it just all depends on the purpose and what you're trying to accomplish. But using Canva and cutting out the background is always an option too. So another thing for us as our business has grown is we have started using more project management tools. Like for us, we use Asana, we use a scheduling app. But when I was first starting out, I was just using the free Google Docs. I mean, we're literally, we use that to plan our podcast. Google Docs, we we use that as an outline. So we still use it to this day, but You'd be surprised how many tools Google Docs have for project management, especially now they've added updates recently. So I always think if you're looking for a nice free option, that's always a good one. Well, and a Google Doc can do a lot now. Like you said, you could set it up so that all of the tasks have a checkbox that the next person comes along and just checks when they get it done. We also do a lot with spreadsheets. So that's also just another option of things that you can do to kind of keep your life organized. And then going back to equipment again, let's say you have you have your phone, so you're good to go with recording. You have your sunlight, you don't need a lighting kit. You don't have a tripod, but you do have a stack of books. What happens when it's time to edit a video? If you are someone who has a Mac or an iPad, that already comes with iMovie installed. And honestly, When you're starting out, iMovie is all you need. That's all I had when I first started out. In fact, before that, I was on like Windows Movie Maker or something. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even have a Mac. All you need when you're starting out is iMovie. But what if you don't have a Mac? And what if you don't have Windows Movie Maker? What if you're like, I don't have anything? Like we've established, you have a phone. There are lots of video editing apps that you can get on your phone that are very low price. My favorite personally to use because I think it's really easy to use, is Splice. And I looked it up. Splice costs $2.99 a month. So it's a really good budget option if you're someone who doesn't want to spend a ton of money to buy a computer or you don't have a Mac and you'd be interested in getting something like Final Cut Pro, which is expensive, but you're not quite ready to get that yet. Something like Splice is a really good option for editing on your phone at a low price. And we are going to talk about Canva next. But if, depending again, if it's a short video and your video files aren't very long, you could do editing in Canva. And then I have another favorite tool that is not free, but it does so many things for all of these different tasks. And that is Descript. So if you have a podcast, you should not live without Descript. You would upload your audio or video file and it's visual editing based on, it will first transcribe it so you can see the words. And then you can also see the timeline of the sound waves and you can go in and if you're gonna cut out ums, you can automatically cut out all the ums or those repetitive words. You can go clip dead space And it makes it really, really fast to edit, but you can also edit videos and create social media content with captions right in there. And I am not an expert on all of these new features. They added a lot of features this year, but for the price, it does a lot. It's really powerful, but it's not free. Yeah, I do love Descript though. And it honestly makes editing videos so much easier, especially when you're taking a long form video and you're cutting it up into short form things to have on maybe Instagram reels or TikTok. It's so beneficial to just be able to see like in paragraph form, oh, this is a chunk I know is really, is really good. And I want to use this. And then you just highlight all the words that you want to be included and you clip it to be a little tiny video. We do a lot of taking long form content and breaking it down into micro content for our clients. And it is a huge time saver to have this because we don't have to watch a full 30 minute speech or 60 minute video. I can read much faster than I can watch a video. And so you just go through and you pick out, oh, this is a juicy piece of content. 
and you clip it and, oh, this is another good piece of content, clip it. And then you can download those, export them, turn those into graphics all right in the program. So for me, I feel like Descript is well worth the money, even though it's not free. It still is content creation on a budget because it saves you a lot of time. Another thing that I think saves a lot of time, and we said we were going to talk about this next, is Canva. Everyone I know who creates content uses Canva. Unless you are quite literally a talented graphic designer and you're just so amazing at doing it all yourself and and you want to make it all yourself, everyone I know uses Canva. And even people I know who are good graphic designers still use Canva sometimes. It's a great shortcut, even for things that you might not have used it for in the past. Like if you want different overlays on top of your video that you're making, even for a YouTube video, you can create those things in Canva first and then incorporate those into your videos. And one thing I absolutely love about Canva is they have so many templates that are already created that you can use and just switch out the info in the template for what you need it for. They they make it so easy and they have so many that will already fit like whatever aesthetic you're going for. So I love that. So there's a lot you can do with the free version, but you could also eventually upgrade to Canva Pro, which is for one person, $119 a year, which comes out, if you do the math, to under $10 a month. Or you can pay monthly and it's $12.99 a month, which actually, I think for everything that Canva can do, it's such a steal. That price is oh, such totally. a steal. Canva, I mean, honestly, Canva could be your one-stop shop if you really need it to be. If you want to figure out, I'm just like, I'm I'm a very traditional video editor. I like to go into Final Cut Pro. I like to chop it all up myself. That's easy for me because I've been doing it for so long. I know people who are so talented at making videos completely in Canva. That's not me, but you can you can create videos, you can create t-shirts, you can create graphics, you can use stock photos, you can use music. This is a lot of this is with Canva Pro, but that's why I'm saying like it is such such a steal that price. Like it's so good. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend. I honestly think when you're starting out, if you're going to get one thing, if you're going to splurge on one thing, it should be Canva Pro. I would have to agree with that. And remember too that another way to save time is you could also, there's lots of people that sell Canva templates for a specific industry. So a quick way to look is surprisingly, a lot of these things are on Etsy. So if you search Canva templates for estheticians or Canva templates for whatever your industry is, you will get all of these things. And it comes as a digital download. And then they give you instructions on how to import all those templates into your Canva. Huge time saver. Usually they don't cost a ton. But again, thinking in terms of this is something that will, I am all for hiring graphic designers. Graphic designers definitely have a place. I am all for hiring agencies when you need the skills of somebody in an agency. But if you're really somebody who's trying to DIY your marketing, these are super, super effective, save you time and money because you're just not spending hours and hours and hours trying to reinvent the wheel. And going off of what you were kind of saying about DIYing it, if you have a friend who also wants to make content, you guys can trade off being each other's videographer, being each other's photographer. If you have another friend who wants to do this as well, make a little pact and say, okay, we're we're going to shoot each other's content. We're going to help each other out. We're going to help each other grow. That's a good way because you both want the same thing and you both probably don't want to spend a lot of money. That's a good deal to make with each other, I think. Yes. And if you live in New York City and you are an influencer or a small business who wants somebody to follow you around for a couple of hours to shoot a bunch of content. Abby is your girl. Yes, I'm actually working on starting up an influencer monthly photo package. So if you're an influencer or just a content creator or just someone who needs a lot of photos, I'm working on creating a monthly photo package deal where you basically get a photo shoot every month. You have a secured place on my calendar and we shoot content together. So if that's something you're interested in, 
Send us a DM on Instagram at the Digital Dreamer Podcast and let's chit chat about it. Now, also another thing is, let's say you're a bigger company or you have a need for a corporate video or you're going to speak at a conference and you want some kind of a sizzle reel or a video to run, whatever that type of maybe a bigger scale thing is, and you want just a, a video about your business, kind of an explainer video, maybe like a talking head video. I have known companies to spend thousands of dollars to have these things created professionally. Again, it doesn't have to be this super expensive thing. If you're going to do an interview style thing, get on Zoom or a similar product with them. Do your interview. Put that video into your video editing thing, even if you're clipping that and putting it into Canva. Use your graphics. You can create your own corporate style video using simple tools that you have. Now, if you want help with somebody writing, creating the messaging for you and writing the script, I get that not everybody has those skills. But again, if we're talking straight DIY, if you're doing this on a budget, you don't need to hire somebody and spend thousands of dollars for that st- that style of a video. You You have the tools right there in front of you to create it on your own. And Let's say you don't just want a talking head, you can incorporate all kinds of stock video footage so that you have that B-roll, those cutaways, so it's not just one person talking. And you could actually, if you even if you have a podcast or something that you're putting also putting on YouTube, stock footage is a great way to kind of make it more visually interesting. And you can get stock footage, video footage from Canva as one. I mean, there's lots of places you could buy them, but it does come with your Canva membership, which is why we were saying it's like this great one-stop shop. And then we also, for our podcast and for any client that we have to include other types of music for, we have a subscription to Soundstripe, which has sound effects, music, and video that you can music use. Music that you won't get copyrighted for. Yes, yes. Very good point. Because you can't just go put random videos. And even, you know, let's say you have this awesome video that you made for a reel or a TikTok using their sounds. Have you ever noticed that if you try to pull that over to another platform, a lot of times your music doesn't go with you and that's because of copyright issues. So sometimes you do have to have that other music and then that's where something like Soundstripe or another audio service comes from. And then something we've started recently, which I wish I would have known about so long ago. I mean, I don't know if this specific company existed when I was over here running my actor problems Twitter empire, but I wish I would have known this existed then because I could have sold so much merch. And so we are now learning about Printify and I love it. I've been making designs in Canva, um, which is, again, why I said Canva's so good. But um, I've been making designs. And then what we do is we upload them. We choose, we upload them to Printify. We choose the products that we want them to be printed on. I like to order a sample the first time that I use a new product because I want to make sure that I'm sending out to my customers quality products. I would never want somebody walking around in my design on a sweatshirt that I would never wear because it's uncomfortable, it's gross, it's weird, you know? So Mm -hmm. I always want to order one sample of each time that I do a new product just to make sure it's high quality. But the beauty of Printify is that you upload your design, you pick the product you want to print it on and you list it you can connect it with your Etsy account or you connect you can connect it with your Shopify account the beauty of this is somebody places an order from your listing on Etsy and it immediately sends that info over to Printify you do not pay anything upfront until somebody has already purchased your item So while that money is coming in for you from Etsy, Printify is taking that money out of your account or charging your credit card to then make the sweatshirt. 
but they're only charging you what it costs to actually make the sweatshirt, the shirt, the mug, and then the shipping costs. You're not having to have inventory. You're not having to pay, you know, for 500 products up front. You're only charged when someone actually buys something. And I think that's great. It makes it more accessible for lots of people to get into into creating designs. And that way, we all can have merchandise for our podcast, for our business, for our special events. Well, and I just think it's so great because there are a lot of people who have great business ideas for things like an Etsy store. And they don't have the money up front to just buy a bunch of inventory or do like a bulk order of something. So this gives those people the same opportunity that other people have because they don't have to pay for anything up front. They only pay when somebody actually buys it. Yeah, I think it's great. And we love this idea so much that we've decided that our next episode is going to be all about print on demand and how you can make money from print on demand products. Yes, because I have been over here on a Printify kick for the past two and a half weeks. So I am excited to share everything I've learned. Now, thinking also still about content creation on a budget, thinking about, let's say you had a course that you wanted to sell. That's also content creation. And again, you could buy one of the established platforms to offer your course through Kajabi or SamCart or one of the other platforms where you host your course. But you also could do this the low-tech way, create YouTube videos with a private link, and then you release that course maybe week by week by sending an email out to the people that have paid you and you send them the private link. There's also ways now that Instagram is doing things where you pay Instagram. And I think they actually said that this was free to creators through the rest of the year. There's something, but Instagram has a way that you can sell your course and deliver it right through more or less it's a private link, but it could be people pay you and then you add them to a private Instagram account or private stories. You can just be really creative about wherever you would normally create your content, find a private link, send it out on email. And then also, you know, I'm a big fan of Hello Audio. You could, for a very, very low cost, deliver an audio course through Hello Audio too. So just thinking of other ways where you're creating content and making money, you can totally do the low-tech way until you, maybe forever, but at least until you have money coming in so that you can start buying some of these other things. And then the last one that we have is just thinking about, you don't have to create all of your content. You can go use social listening, people mentioning you, hashtags, and find things that your fans and followers, people that love what you're doing, things that they're posting about you and reshare that content. And you can also run challenges or ask them to post something with a certain hashtag so that you can easily find that and then repost that or use it creatively. And even if you did a challenge, if you gave the right incentive, you would be surprised at how far people will go to create awesome content just knowing that the prize is that your brand is going to recognize them in some way. So I think that's all the tips we have for content creation on a budget. I really loved talking about this because it's just so important for people to know that you don't need fancy equipment and whatever's holding you back, don't let it because you can make content even if you don't have fancy equipment or a team or all of the editing software that's ever existed, it's still possible. So if that's what's holding you back, just start. Another thing I love about this is you hear people like Gary Vaynerchuk and other video creators especially that are always reminding their audiences that we are so fortunate to live in this time. We have such a powerful computer that is in our hands, in our back pockets all the time, in our phones. and Previous generations didn't have those things. You didn't have those things when you were little creating content. I think now about how much money you could have been making as 
a high schooler for sure, if not in middle school, if we would have had a lot of these things that we were talking about even today. But we were also talking about recently, like all of these little kids who are viral on TikTok and their parents like just record them being funny. We were talking about the other day how you were like, my kids would have been viral on TikTok. You're like, I would have been that mom like recording my kid and on TikTok, we'd have merch. I, I think back, I'm like, man, even if TikTok had existed when I was a freshman in college, I think that I would have done so well because I was making YouTube videos for college and a lot of that got good view, but I feel like it would have gotten so much more reach on TikTok because that's currently where that that audience is. That's where we know that that's where they're looking stuff up. They're not Googling stuff. They're not Googling what should I bring to college. They're looking it up on TikTok. And you guys also were such, for one, you were always doing super creative things. I mean, we had toys in our house, traditional toys. We had dolls. We had all the things. But you guys were always doing something creative or artistic, which would have been perfect for just where we are with social media right now. But the other thing you guys used to do is you were such little smart little entrepreneurs. I don't know if you remember this, but you used to do lemonade stands where you would have a lemonade stand and then you would save all your old McDonald's toys and those would be your gift with purchase. So if you buy the lemonade, I'm going to give you this old McDonald's toy. I do not remember that. And I just used to let it happen because it was so cute and the parents got a big chuckle out of it. So the other <laughs> thing you guys so used funny. to do is you would have a free lemonade stand and nobody's going to take lemonade from a kid for free. <laughs> and so instead of giving you like 25 cents or whatever people charge for lemonade these days, whatever kids charge, people would be handing you like $5 bills for their lemonade because nobody's going to steal lemonade from a little kid. So you guys were brilliant. Well, I think that's, that's kind of the same idea as when like, for example, a museum is like, it's donation-based entry, whatever you want to give. And you're like, I'm not going to be a cheapo who gives you a dollar to enter this museum. Here's a 20. So it's kind of the same. It's the same concept as that. That's so funny. I don't remember any of that. But there there you have it, guys. Apparently, I've always been this way. Yes. So moving on, let's talk about our dream life tip of the week. So I don't know about you, where you are, but here in New York, it's literally 65 degrees today. It's been raining the past two days, and I know it's going to get warm again. I know we're in that thing that they call fake fall, the fall of deception or something, you know, where then you go back to second summer and it's it's hot again before it gets cold again. But I'm really liking it, and it's making me feel like this is a good time for a reset. We kind of talked about this in one of our last episodes, but I just think the changes of the seasons are great times to reevaluate what's going on in your life, what what you want, what your desires are, what your dreams are, what you can be changing to make those things happen. So definitely for me right now, the change in weather is definitely making me want to do a little reset. Yeah, I like that. And I think it goes along with what I talked about at the beginning where your sister went off to college and all of a sudden I realized I wasn't spending my time my newfound free time. I wasn't spending that the way I wanted to. And so I just kind of said, well, what would be some good things? And so right now the weather is really, really nice and it's not as hot, but it's not 65 either. And so it's perfect for getting outside and doing a lot of the things, just more active things. But I was thinking last night, we're, we were riding down the street and somebody on the ride says, oh, look at the beautiful sunset. We had that beautiful Kansas, pinky, orange, blue sky. It was all the colors mixed in. And she said something about, I guess they usually do drink time in the parking lot or just kind of hang out. And she said, yeah, our sunset used to be while we were having drink time. And now we're riding when the sun is setting. But it made me think, man, it's starting to get dark super early. And if I'm going to keep this new habit going, you know, when we all want to hibernate because it's dark until 7 a.m. and it gets dark at 5 p.m. or whatever. Oh, you're lucky. It gets it gets dark there at 5 p.m. here in the winter. It gets dark at 4 p.m. So yeah, that sucks. I, I'm I like good night here. I hate that time of year. But so going along with what you're saying, just thinking about okay, if I don't want to be a hermit, if I mean 
I like watching television. Don't get me wrong. I, again, think there's a time, but I don't want to spend all my free time binge watching shows. I'm going to be selective about the shows I watch. So in the wintertime, I need to start already thinking about what am I going to do at nighttime so that I'm making good use of my time. And good use of my time, I mean, that all is relative to like what I value might not be what you value. And so for me, it might be something active. It's not just mindlessly scrolling on my phone. It might be reading, but it's probably also going to be something that I'm doing with other people so that I have human interaction in my day. Yeah. Oh, human interaction is so important. I feel like in the winter, it's so easy to be like, bye guys. See you in the spring. Like, like you're just oh, like, no. see you never. Bye everyone. Actually, that's one of the things I love about where your sister is going to college in Colorado, because I feel like their whole lifestyle there is built around being active all year long. And because it is cold, because there is weather, you dress for the weather and then you go out and you still hang out with your friends and you have activities that life revolves around outside. And I just don't feel like that's something that we have in Kansas or necessarily New York either. Yeah, I feel that. The second it starts snowing in New York or even snows in the forecast, I'm like, well, guys, it was nice knowing you guys. I will not be doing anything this weekend. I'm not a snow girl, though. I don't like snow. I think snow is nasty. So what are we talking about next time? Next episode, we will be talking about print on demand. Print on demand is something I've recently become passionate about because I believe anyone can do it. And it's a great way to make money. It's a great way to get your designs out there without having to spend any money up front. So we will be talking about print on demand and setting up a print on demand store. I think that we are starting to have a theme that I hope people are picking up on. And that is one, be creative, be innovative. Don't be afraid to try new things, but also that all of this is accessible to anybody who wants to put just the tiniest bit of effort into it. It's all accessible. You just have to take the time to learn and to act on what you learn. Since we know that everyone here is trying to live their dream life, create content, learn more, and figure out how the heck to just do life, we love to bring accessible ideas to you guys, which is why I'm really excited about this next episode and letting you guys in on what feels to me like a little secret because I feel like I just discovered this. I mean, I always knew it existed, but I didn't know how easy it is. There is work you have to do up front, but once you do the work up front, it's easy. So well, I'm excited to to tell you guys what I've learned so far. And I think you also have some secrets on how to get discovered, which they'll want to tune in for. For sure. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please rate us five stars, share with a friend and subscribe. Tune in next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.